Hello there friends, this is Spencer Michaud and today we're going to be talking about the new moon in the third decan of Sagittarius. I hope that you're doing well out there today my friends and um, that you're having a beautiful Friday. Uh, we are going to break down the new moon that is happening on the 12th and we are going to take it through the houses for you today to show you what it might have in store for you for your specific rising sign or if you want to look at some of the themes through the lens of your sun sign sometimes that can be useful as well so buckle in for a few uh a few hours here and we will spend some time together um, please let me know where you're joining in from and uh, how things are going for you today in the chat do me a huge favor if you're here and you're new please subscribe to the channel and if you could do me a huge favor and hit the like button for us today that would also be very helpful. If you'd like to make, to make a gift to the channel, you can hit the little dollar sign in the chat box that's called a super sticker or a super chat, and that helps me keep the lights on as well. Um, one sale to tell you about before we dive in. Um, my Deccans webinars are on sale right now. My Deccans of Sagittarius webinar specifically is on sale for 20% off. So if you are enjoying some of the methods that I use, uh, through the tarot, mythology, fixed stars, etc., uh, to break down the lunations. You can find out much more in those Deccan webinars. And um, yeah, they're, uh, they're there for you to, to learn and to, to have all this information at your fingertips. So check that out. My partner, Tanya Andrews, is also uh, has a new product in her Third Coast Mojo Etsy store that you can check out. Uh, she has new Jupiter and Sagittarius soaps for sale. So if you are trying to find the best way to, to uh, utilize the Sagittarian spirit, uh, that's a great way to uh, embrace the, the Jupiterian abundance and magic. So check that out as well. Okay, friends, I'm going to welcome a few people in here in the chat. Isla Sky is here. It says, hello, everyone. Newbie back for another live from wintry Scotland. Oh, nice. Nice to see you, Isla. Uh, looking forward to listening and learning uh, from all involved, Cancer, Sun, and Moon, Leo Ascendant. Ooh, uh, someone after my own spirit. I'm a Cancer, Sun, Leo rising. So uh, we will share some, hopefully we'll share some good stories here and some good experience, my friend. Thank you for s spending your afternoon or your evening with us, actually, in, in your neck of the woods, I'm sure. Uh, Don Fisher is here. It says, hi, everyone. Showing up from Mobile, Alabama. Hope your day is going great. Well, I hope your day is going great too, Don. Dina is here, says, listening live from sunny Hudson Valley, new moon in Sagittarius in the second house. New resources, please. Well, I'll try to help you break it down, Dina. Um, a new moon in the second house is a great time to, uh, to start to understand what is necessary to bring those resources into your life. So maybe we can unlock the, uh, the door and give you the key. Stephen the Jupiterian is here, says hello all from San Francisco, California, moon at 26 degrees, Sagittarius here. Oh, good, Stephen. Well, you'll have a new moon very close to that, that lunation in your, in your own chart. So we'll try to help you break that down as well. Well, thank you, friends, for stopping in today and for letting me know that you're here. It is always exciting to see how things are going for you and how the world is treating you and how some of the astrology is affecting you personally. Susanna, my friend from Finland, is stopping in. Nice to see you as well, friend. Uh, always love all of our international and domestic friends around the world. 
Okay, friends, we're going to start breaking down this new moon. And if uh, more of you are stopping in, I'll, I'll welcome, you, welcome you in a second. Uh, but just keep, keep putting those comments in there, friends. Um, this new moon, third decan of Sagittarius, uh, we're coming off of Neptune stationing direct. I felt that one really intensely. Neptune stationed direct in my perfected house. That's a technique where you look at a specific house for each year of your life, starting at your birthday. Uh, I personally am in an eighth house perfection, which is Pisces in my Leo ascending chart. And, um, you know, we have Neptune stationing direct. And I'll tell you, one of my experiences around that was um, be re-engaging with some of my my musical endeavors. I kind of was unearthing some old tracks that I had recorded in like practice sessions and live recordings and some studio recordings on a hard drive and um, broke my guitar out for the first time in, in a while and started singing. And uh, I, this was all kind of prompted by a random experience with an Instagram account. I believe it's it's pronounced Voso, V-O-C-E, UX. And it has acapella tracks of famous singers where they've removed all the other instruments and it just kind of inspired me and made me almost fall in love with the voice and singing once again. So I'm curious if any of you have had any of those types of experiences. Uh, in my personal chart, Neptune is in my fifth house, so maybe there's some connection there as well with creativity. But I wanted to kind of share that because I feel like that is part of the story as we move into this this uh, new moon. Um, we're going to have a, a Mercury retrograde that's going to be happening shortly after this new moon as well. So a lot of the feelings and thoughts that we've been having and questions we've been asking about what kind of things we want to pursue next may be up for reevaluation. We have a really powerful Mercury Kazemi that's going to be happening very close to the solstice at zero degrees of Capricorn. So that'll be part of our story. And um, yeah, we're, we're getting ready for the sun to almost return or renew itself at the winter solstice to, to begin to ascend once again. So this is a time of year where we may be feeling a little bit of fatigue. We may be feeling a little bit overburdened. We may be feeling like we've we don't have any more left in the tank, but we've got a lot of responsibilities that we have to take care of. This is often what happens during the holiday season. And I'll help you to understand how some of the metaphysical symbolism around this time of year shows itself through the, the final 10 degrees of Sagittarius, which, which we are dealing with a decan that is syncretized with the tarot card, the 10 of wands, where you can see someone carrying a heavy burden and having difficulty seeing where they're headed. Um, I like to compare this deck into the last, you know, the last mile of a marathon, like where you're a horse and you're, you can see your, your stable in the, in the distance and you get a little burst of energy and you're willing to do whatever it takes to get, to get home. Um, so one of the things we may have to look out for is trying to achieve our goals by any means necessary and understand how to stay within integrity when we are trying to achieve a difficult task. We'll talk about the concept of a non-K today, 
which is a force that compels us to finish or com- or specifically was a, a god or goddess that uh, compelled the earth to spin through the contraction uh, and marriage with Kronos time. You know, there was a story about Kronos and Ananke um, copulating and squeezing the world egg and causing it to spin. So this, these tasks that we feel, feel compelled to do or to finish may become really powerful and really loud over the next few weeks. So we will we'll take a look at that specifically. A couple other big picture things with this is we're going to have Neptune um, in a square to this. So I, I just was talking about Neptune and, and um, it's stationing direct and some of the feelings that I had and experiences I had that came up with it. So we have to think about what we might be willing to sacrifice for our, for our dream. Uh, what illusions <laughs> or rose-colored glasses we may be looking through. Um, how far we're willing to push our bodies in pursuit of that. This is something that as I was listening to some of the old tracks that I was recording, a lot of this was from from about 2007 to 2013 or 14. So a lot of these, it was about 10 years ago, 10 to 15 years ago. And I was noticing the difference in my energy at, from age, from my late 20s and my early 30s to now in my early 40s. And just just noticing, not necessarily judging better for better or for worse, but just noticing like how, uh, I don't know, electric I, I must have felt at that point. A lot of it probably through nervousness, a lot of it through maybe some anxiety to prove myself or something of that nature. Um, but if I'm like talking to my old self, I might have been telling him at this point, just, just calm down, settle down. It'll be okay. Like ease, ease into it. Patience, right? Um, so it is interesting to be able to look back on those times and see what we might be able to do differently. And that might be part of this story as well as we as we head into a Mercury retrograde phase. So those are just some of the thoughts I have right away. I will help break this down in the chart. I'm just going to go back to the chart and welcome some more friends. Stellar rendition is here. It says, hi, Spencer and peeps from North Carolina. Hope everyone is hanging in there okay. Also a Sag moon. Oh, good. I'm glad to see our Sagittarius friends are represented today. Laura Elizabeth is here. It says, hi, Spencer Van- from Vancouver, Washington. Sun and Saturn and Cancer, Moon and Pisces, Sag rising. Okay, so we got another Sag placement. Good. Nice to see you, Laura. Rachel is here. Hi from Ireland. Astrology Friday, friends. I hope everyone is doing well. Uh, I hope you're doing well, Rachel. I hope everyone who's just hanging out and cooking or doing chores or making art or whatever you're doing while you're listening along uh, is having a great day. Uh, Stella says, that's wonderful to hear, Spencer, about your reconnection with music. Yeah, it's it, it's been a while, and it's been, hmm, the last few years, I have to admit, have been challenging. You know, there's been a lot going on in the collective. There's been a lot going on for each of us personally. Um, I've been dealing with the shifts in my reality, in my relationship to society, but also in my work relationship differences in my family. Um, for those of you who follow the channel, you know that my my mom passed away last year and uh, my daughter went off to college. So all of these things, you're kind of trying to process all of these things, uh, which feels like loss and is loss. Um, and sometimes when you're going through some of those challenging experiences, making art isn't the first thing on your mind, <laughs> although it should be. 
because art is very cathartic and art can really help you to process some of the more challenging experiences in your life. So uh, it is nice though, to, to be able to pick up an instrument and reconnect with uh, some talents or skills that you may have cultivated in the past. Um, the other thing I will say about all of you who are artists out there, especially if you're heading into your middle age or if you're a younger person and you're really self-critical is listening back on some of those things now, uh, my Virgo stellium and the perfectionism around it, some of it was pretty good. And some of it was like, wow, I should have just shared that instead of like waiting until everything was exactly perfect. And the way that I think about art is it is a, a reflection of the moment that you are in at that time and space. And there are beautiful things about it. There are challenging things about it. So wherever you're at in your process, um, it, it is nice to be able to uh, put that out, either out into the world in whatever way you're comfortable or just to, to make it just for yourself. Either way is okay. The world doesn't necessarily have to see it. You don't have to do anything with your art. But doing the art, I think, is the process is what's important. So we will bring that into the picture here as well. But thank you, Stella, for the words of encouragement. Stephen says, this Mercury shadow period in Neptune Direct has lifted a cloud, the cloud over me. Oh, good, Stephen. I feel that too, friend. I feel, I feel that. It, it, you know, it's like one cloud is lifted, one other existential crisis <laughs> begins. But, you know, one, one day at a time, right? Uh, let's see. Tracy Gorman is here. Nice to see you, Tracy. Oh, thanks for stopping in today. Rachel Fletcher is joining us from Roanoke, Virginia. Nice to see you, Rachel. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Rachel says, yes, a really heavy feeling right now. Yeah. When things start moving forward again, it can feel um, like we're carrying a weight. And we will we'll break that down. Because like I said, Sagittarius in modern astrology has kind of gotten, mm, the cliche is this like, jolly, optimistic, Jupiterian figure, which is not untrue. But there's another side of Sagittarius where we're, where we're just trying to feel the weight of our responsibilities. We're just trying to get somewhere, right? We're trying to get to the place where we're allowed to rest again. Many Sagittarians probably feel like, man, when do we get to slow down? When do we get to rest? When do we get to have the, the nice, relaxing vacation? And yeah, that can be part of this that we might be uh, experiencing as a collective right now too. Susanna says, those acapella versions are really captivating. Thanks for sharing that IG page. They are, Susanna, they are amazing. And Susanna, for one of our favorites, George Michael, just being able to hear his pure tone come through is really amazing and really quite, quite valuable and inspiring. Um, you know, that's what sort of led to me just opening my opening my voice in song again, was just hearing that beauty and wanting to share in that and recreate what I was hearing. And um, yeah, it's it's cool. Check check it out, friends, if you haven't already. Voso is the account, V-O-C-E-U-X on Instagram. And Susanna is a great singer and artist as well. So I hope that you're, uh, I know you're singing and making art, you know, you're, you never slowed down. So thanks for uh, inspiring the rest of us. Stephen says, Neptune in Pisces was retrograde over natal Venus. Venus is the greater benefic to this nocturnal chart type. 
Okay, so you're having Neptune activating that, that Venus, so maybe something moving forward with your art as well, Stephen. You'll have to let us know if there's something that's inspiring you lately. Tracy Chaplin is here. Nice to see you, friend. Welcome to the chat. Uh, Dawn says, Sag Sun and Rising with a Gemini Moon and Scorpio Stellium. Hi, everyone. Yes, we've got more Sag friends stopping in. Devin Malone is here. Happy Inanna Day. Yes, Devin, as I was uh, looking out the window this morning, I saw the, the crescent moon uh, along with Venus, which is, uh, a, a, there's a really great lecture series that my friend Shu Yap from Australia did that talked about Inanna and the crescent moon phases where you can actually see uh, Venus very close to the to the moon being reflective of various stages of her her journeys through the different gates of the underworld so check that out Devin if you haven't seen it it's really good she does really great work but yeah Inanna sort of a Sumerian uh, version of Aphrodite perhaps or she's a, a version of Inanna on some level Sheila M is here. Says, "Hey Spencer, sending everyone love. Nice to see you, Sheila. Hope you're doing well today, friend." <coughs> Excuse me. Devin says, "Did you check out the astrology podcast on Saturn and music through the signs?" Ooh, that sounds interesting, Devin. I have not, I have not experienced that yet. Um, I'll have to check that out. I've been, I've been consuming less astrology content um, in an effort to maybe come to the aspects from a from my own intuition but i will check that out when people suggest something to me i want to i want to engage with it but i would love to hear more about music and um the signs one thing i did want to say friends too next week i have something really interesting starting um in regards to music i have uh i have a guest that's going to join me next week her name is hannah kuhari she's been on the channel before she unbeknownst to me is also an, an incredible singer um really amazing voice she and i were exchanging um old audio recordings the other day and we started to talk about wanting to analyze some musicians charts so she's going to join me next friday for a live stream where we are going to look at the chart of annie lennox who has a, another incredible voice and maybe that'll start to be a new feature on the channel where uh, when we have a, an extra week in the month, oftentimes we have five weeks in a month, maybe I'll bring on a guest and we'll talk some music. I've, I've been thinking about this for a long time of bringing on some folks to, to chat about the things that they love in their life, whether it's an, uh, an artist, a musician, an actor, someone important in history. Um, I just like seeing people's enthusiasm when they're talking about things that inspire them. And I think that we need more of that in the world. So. Tune in next week at one o'clock as well to see us break down the life of Annie Lennox and her music and things of that nature. She's Capricorn sun and a Virgo rising, and uh, she'll bring us into Capricorn season for sure. Um, Stephen says, I am an artist and my art has developed over the years. It no longer looks like a first grader made it. That's good, Stephen. I'm glad to hear that. Hopefully we're all kind of developing on some level. Uh, Carol says, thank you for the great session. So helpful. Oh, thanks, Carol. It was, it's wonderful connecting with you in all of these different forms, whether through uh, individual sessions or through these live streams as well. So hope you're doing well out there, Carol. 
Susanna says, my creative energies have been really low lately, but I'm painting now while listening. Just painting. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm happy you found your singing again. Me too, Susanna. And I love that I can be background inspiration while people are doing their art. Uh, that's that's fun. I'm I'm happy to be part of that process. Rachel says, excited about Annie Lennox upcoming episode. Yeah, me too. I, you know, I, I've I've reached out to a few friends and just getting ideas for different things. I, I even have a few people in mind who are just musician friends of mine that aren't astrologers, but they're, they really are able to talk at length about specific musicians. And um, I got one friend in particular who loves Michael Jackson. And I'll tell you, he's an Aries son and he's, he's got a lot of energy. He's a really great, he's a really great guy. I think you all love him. Um, but yeah, like, uh, Hannah suggested Annie Lennox and, and uh, I, I really love Annie Lennox's music and just the power of her singing and, and the way that she's expressed herself. And I'm, I'm excited to learn more about her story and preparation for it as well. Stella Rendition says, I'm also an artist, but I've been in a slump for a few years. My progressed Venus has been conjunct K2. It's been rough for my art and relations. Well, Stella, I think there's just a lot of, there is a lot of cyclicalness when it comes to our creativity and just life in general. So there, it's okay sometimes to lay, to let the, the ground lay fallow. Um, this is something I'm learning too, is that sometimes we do need to rest and refill the well, and we don't always have to produce or expand. Um, this is a lesson I hope we can learn in society eventually, that uh, unlimited, unchecked growth is not healthy. So as artists, sometimes we have to, to let ourselves recover. And we have to let ourselves rest. So I, this is something I'm trying to do more of: is not not beat myself up, or my past self, or my current self for what I am or doing or not doing, and for what I didn't do in the past or things of that nature. I think that's a good a good lesson to take from all this. Okay, so my friends, let's. I'm going to share my screen, and we're going to start jumping into this this chart. But again, keep keep your eyes peeled for um keep your eyes peeled for that next week um let's see i am working through a new <laughs> i updated my operating system and uh i am trying to share my screen right now from zoom in real time and it's making me go through a little bit of a rigmarole here, which is unfortunate. So bear with me, friends. Sorry for that. Uh, let's see. Security and privacy, system preferences. Oh, <laughs> I should have done this before. One moment, processing. Well, I may have to shift gears here while I try to figure this out. Um, this is unfortunate. This feels like Mercury starting to station retrograde uh, as we go through this weekend, or slowing down at least. Um, ugh, how annoying is that? Well, what I can tell you before I waste more of our time here yeah, Mercury shadow work. Uh, it, we can't see the screen right now, but 
we do have um, the new moon at 20 degrees of Sagittarius conjoining the moon conjoining the sun. Mars is co-present at 13 degrees of Sagittarius. The host of the moon is Jupiter at six degrees of Taurus, and it is an aversion to the sun. So we're having something where we are not able to have the sun witness its host. And that can be a problem. That is something where we really need to uh, work through this and be able to understand how we're going to plan our physical abundance, our expansion for physical abundance. I'm going to see if I can make this work because I don't really like doing this without the... Uh, without having it on the screen for you to see with me. <sighs> Man, this is the danger of, of doing live, I guess, television, internet, live streaming, whatever the hell this is. Okay, maybe that will work. I knew it was going to be one of those days, huh? Everybody's waiting for me to figure out how to work, work, how to work, how to work. Um, accessibility, privacy, and security. Oh man, what a train wreck. Sorry, friends. Somebody help me out here. Um, let's see. I'm on a Mac, and I'm trying to grant my computer access to Zoom to be able... It's asking me to go to privacy and security accessibility but I'm having some problems with that right now trying to figure out where to go to make it work okay let's see man that's frustrating well I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it happen. So we're going to fly blind today. All right. Sorry, friends. Shit happens sometimes. So I'm going to have to be very descriptive with the charts today and with the, uh, with the rising signs and things of that nature. I apologize. Sorry for wasting your time today. But sometimes this happens. So as I was saying, we have a new moon. In the uh, third decan of Sagittarius, in the 10 degree section, consecrated and syncretized with the 10 of wands. And we are going to see Mercury stationing retrograde a day after the new moon. So the new moon is going to take place at December on December 12th, which is Tuesday, 6.32 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make the appropriate adjustment for your time zone. So if you can visualize the chart in your head, sun and moon coming together, 20 degrees Sag. Mars co-present 
at 13 degrees Sagittarius. All of it squaring Saturn by whole sign at one degrees of Pisces. And the lunation itself is within four or five degrees of a square with Neptune. So that's something to consider also. Uh, we'll talk about that today, the square between Neptune and, and the lunation. The, this, the lunation is hosted by Jupiter in the first 10 degrees of Taurus. It's six, it's six degrees Taurus, Jupiter is at. And Jupiter is going to be stationing direct around the 30th of December. So things might start moving forward for us again in that realm also. Excuse me, we have Venus hanging out at nine degrees of Scorpio. We've got the north and the south node on the Aries-Libra axes. Uh, the moon today is conjoining the south node. So there's, uh, there's some interesting synchronicity for you. And th those are sort of the big, the big picture things. Mercury is at eight degrees of Capricorn during this new moon, right at the degree it's going to station. So we are dealing with an out-of-bounds Mercury right now also. And the moon will be out-of-bounds at this new moon as well. So keep that in mind. Out-of-bounds planets tend to deal with a planet that is not functioning how it normally would, uh, like we're experiencing today on some level. Um, Devin says, what's the info of the chart? I can make a link to AstroSeek page for people. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's a good that's a good that's a good idea, Devin. So the chart is December twelfth, twenty twenty three, six thirty two p.m. Eastern time, and um, the ascendant is twelve degrees ca Cancer in my time zone. But you'll might have to make the adjustment for your particular time zone. I'm just checking in with the chat here. Um, Jenny is here, says, woohoo, made it to the live from Bath, UK, Libra Sun, Taurus Moon, Aquarius Rising, Scorpio Stellium. Jenny says, the Mercury Retro Shadow is real this round. <laughs> yes, it is. It's keeping us in the dark, isn't it? Uh, Tracy says, we can pull it up on our screen if we have a phone or computer. That's, a, that's another good idea, Tracy. Um, Tracy Gorman says, not at all. I listen to a lot of these while working on the arts and glance at the chart. You are what we pay attention to anyway. Oh, good. Thanks, Tracy. The, the Tracys, so many Tracys here. I appreciate you, Tracy Gorman. And then thanks, Tracy Chaplin, for your comment as well today. And it makes sense feeling really heavy here and very down. Oh, Jenny Wood is here. Nice to see you, Jenny. Okay, so for those of you joining late, um, I'm having a bit of technical difficulties today uh, sharing my screen. I, I made the mistake of updating my operating system last night. Um, Should have known better. And I have to change some kind of setting to be able to change, share my screen in Zoom. And it's going to take me too long to figure it out in real time. So I'm just going to keep going. So hopefully you've gotten a, a, a mental or visual picture of the chart. So let's talk about Sagittarius. Let's talk about uh, the third decan. So we are dealing with a part of the zodiac where we are being challenged to carry a heavy burden. So as I was talking about before, we have the concept of a non-ke, the, the force that compels us to the finish line. So some themes that you may be experiencing. Sacrificing the body for the goal. We, had, we are coming into harmony with the body and the spirit in Sagittarius 2. And in Sagittarius 3, we're pushing the body beyond its limits, almost to its, to its end on some level. 
Uh, Austin Coppock calls this deck in a horse's skull. So you can think about like forcing ourselves to do something that's maybe even beyond our capabilities. Uh, T. Susan Chang talks about this deck and is hitting the target. We had the arrow, the strength of the archer, and then the thunk of the target. So carrying a heavy burden, exhaustion. Uh, they call this the Lord of Oppression, this, this deck in, in, the, uh, in the tarot as well. Uh, the last mile of a marathon, the barn eagerness of the horse trying to have that last burst of energy to make it home. This Deccan is characterized by brave and heroic acts. Uh, also maybe experiencing a, a challenge where we want to achieve the goal by any means necessary. Um, Susie Chang talks about the, the etymology of the word fascism in relation to uh, fasces, I believe, uh, which is, which is the name of the fixed star that Mercury is on right now, which is really fascinating. But Fosse's being a bundle of sticks um, that sometimes would contain an axe. <laughs> so, so there may be some challenges to trying to maintain our ethics uh, when we just are like, we're tired of dealing with this. We just need to get the job done. And sometimes we lose our ability to work through uh, things in a way that would be above board. So, so be careful of that during this period as well. Um, so, so this is an endurance test. I have a, a Sagittarius three solar partner. Um, my lovely partner, Tanya Andrews from third coast mojo, check her out, uh, has the sun in this decade. And I've known her for 15 years now. <laughs> and she, she has difficulty resting like literally she has some problems with sleep, but also just like putting down her responsibilities and resting um, as much as I think she would really like to. And, but she has an incredible endurance and strength also. Like when we first met, she was the type of person that could carry literally heavy, heavy burdens as well as emotional and physical and spiritual burdens. But, but she could carry heavy stuff like, she's much stronger than I was in, in, in the legs. So uh, think about what the burdens that you are carrying and whether you need to carry all of them. One of the things that I've been having long discussions with her and trying to attempt to do is help alleviate some of her burdens so that she can focus on some things that are important to her. And this is what happens in a relationship, a long-term relationship. Sometimes you'll have to you will have to shift how you carry each other in various times and places. So I want you to think about where you carry a burden. And you can really look at this uh, with the Sagittarius part of your chart. Where are you carrying a burden in, this, in the Sagittarius topic of your life? We'll talk about that as we go through the rising signs today. Um, and what why are you doing that? It's important to know your why. I think sometimes when we see this square with Neptune and Pisces 3, Pisces 3 has the 10 of cups energy here. So we're, these are the t this is the main kind of energy that is squaring off in this lunation, the 10 of wands and the 10 of cups. And the 10 of cups really speaks to uh, emotional extremes where the, the Ten of Wands talks about the extremes we might go to physically or with our ambition. 
you know, the wands are associated with ambition often. And sometimes our ambition comes from wanting to achieve an emotional goal. So we may be pushing ourselves in service of a, a spiritual goal that we hold and cherish dearly. And these decans also are associated with sacrifice. Um, the Ten of Cups is a martial decan. The Ten of Wands is a Saturnian decan. So we are, it's an endurance test. And what are we willing to go to battle for to, to uh, achieve our, our idealism? Um, our energy may not be in alignment with our ambition or with our idealism at this point. One of the things I was just thinking about as I was listening back to some recordings was, I don't, I can't, I don't know if I could do what 27 year old me did that where it was just a whirlwind of energy. I was getting tired just listening to myself. And if any of you have any, you know, documentation of your younger selves and you watch and you're like, where did that energy come from? <laughs> where was that born out of? Um, and you may have to kind of come to terms with the fact that you have a different energy level at different points in your life and that's okay. And we can, we, we go through this day to day and month to month and year to year as well. It doesn't mean we're automatically going to be, you know, more tired. If when we get older, some people are able to tap into wells of, of energy, but, uh, but at, at, when we really think about it, the, the life force, it, we have to be more smarter about how we apply our energy. Uh, so that's something we could be considering. So let me look through the chat and see if you all have any questions. All the Tracys are here. April is here. Hello, fashionably late from Columbia, South Carolina. Nice to see you, April. Oh, thank you, Eilish, for the super sticker. Appreciate your generosity, my friend. Yeah, that's a great way to support the channel, friends. If you're enjoying our talk today, there's a super chat or a super sticker button in the chat. Or you can buy me coffee after the fact at buymeacoffee.com. I'm also available for readings. And if you need some guidance through this time period, um, if you need to look at your year ahead, we can do that as well. And um, my Deccans of Sagittarius webinar is on sale. So check that out too. Jenny says, that's where my ascendant is. Very accurate. Oh, good. This is the, I'm assuming you're speaking about Sagittarius 3. So yes, this is a, you know, when you have these placements very prominent in your chart, it might be something that you more readily relate to. Dawn says, I see a lack of being able to rest a lot in Capricorns too. My husband and nephew both feel guilty if they aren't working 24-7. Well, interesting you point that out, Dawn, because my partner is a Capricorn rising. So <laughs> she has the double whammy of Capricorn rising and the last decan of Sagittarius, driving her on to, to keep doing stuff. Steven says, when I was younger in my teens, 20s and 30s, I had a lot of energy. I held two jobs and had trouble with sleep too. It also affected health. Yeah, not getting sleep is the real, is the real difficult thing for your health long-term, for sure. Um, Tanya and I have both been working on how to get better sleep to be able to, to promote longevity. Okay. So, a couple things to think about with the new moon. We may be getting an understanding of our limitations. We may be trying to go beyond them. 
We may be feeling inspired to make sacrifices for our dreams or to bring something to completion. The uh, spirit with Sagittarius 3 is a non-K, according to the 36 heirs of the Zodiac. The spirit in Pisces 3 is called Elpis, which roughly translates to hope. And we have the story of Pandora's box that is prominent within that, where the all of the horrors of the world were unleashed after Zeus was upset about Prometheus stealing fire. Um, but there was a... Uh, Elpis remained under the lip of the jar, which helped humanity get through some of their struggles. So we may be going to emotional extremes, but we have to maintain our faith. We may be inundated by some challenges in the news or like our own burdens. I know for people in the Northern Hemisphere, or I don't, I don't know, do people in the Southern Hemisphere, what's Christmas like over there too? Like if you celebrate that holiday or just the holiday season in general, um, whatever holiday that you celebrate, um, it's a busy time of year and there's a lot of demands on our attention, whether it's in this capitalist society, shopping for gifts for other people, um, whether it's you know doing all the things we need to do to get our taxes done at the end of the year, um, whether it's making preparations or travel arrangements to visit family, if we're lucky enough to be able to do that. Um, and it can be a lot. And, and there's just a lot of noise everywhere. There's music, there's lights, there's everyone rushing around. And it's just a little overwhelming. I think that my way of dealing with that in the last few years is just kind of i've stopped participating in the holiday industrial complex i guess you'd call it i uh i of course send some gifts to my family but i don't feel the pressure to do all of the traditions that the hallmark companies I don't know, the propaganda of Hallmark and all of those things encourage us to do. Uh, I just try to, to reflect a lot during this season and celebrate the solstice energy. To me, the solstice energy is what's important around this, this holiday. Um, whether you celebrate it as a religious holiday or a pagan holiday, however it is that you engage with this time of year, it's a time for reflection. It's a time for gratitude and appreciation, for reflecting on how we worked through the energy of the previous year and a time to begin to look forward to what we want to achieve in the next solar cycle. It is the return of the light at the winter solstice. Um, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, there's a, there's a peak moment. So I've always had some interesting thoughts about how to reconcile those two things. And I've talked with Southern Hemisphere astrologers too, and it's, it's a fascinating topic for sure to, to see how that would work out. Okay, so that is the basics for the new moon some questions that you can ask yourself and these questions come directly from my sagittarius Deccans webinar it says what is required to bring this to completion so what is required of you what sacrifices do you have to make of body and spirit to bring whatever you need to bring to an ending so that you can then make a new beginning what spirit is compelling and driving you what what is your why you know we have two jupiterian placements with the sun and the moon 
and Mars in Sagittarius and Neptune in Pisces, the, the yin domicile of Jupiter in traditional astrology. So Jupiter often asks us, why are we doing what we're doing? What, what is the purpose? How do you find meaning? So there may be some questions of meaning. Um, what sacrifices are you willing to make for your vision? Not every vision needs to be enacted. Not every dream that we have needs to be manifested. Um, sometimes the sacrifices required are too great. Other times they are worth it. So you're going to have to ascertain whether it is worth it and what you're willing or able to do to make it a reality. Now keep in mind that Saturn is still in Pisces and slowing everything down during Sagittarius season, really causing, causing us to really consider the ramifications of our inner realities. So uh, that, that begs the next, next question. Are you being true to your ethics in the pursuit of your dreams and your goals? Uh, I think that there are ho horrific cruelties that can be enacted in this decan of Sagittarius as well, where when, when we get the desire to do anything by any means necessary, where the, the end justifies the means, a lot of atrocities can be can be played out in the world. So we have to really be careful of that as a collective, and we also need to be aware and leery of that as we deal with those things in the microcosm in our personal lives as well. And then asking yourself, what burdens are you carrying right now? And are they yours to carry? Or do you need to put some of them down or delegate them to other people? Maybe some of your burdens, like the, the Ten of Wands card, are blinding you to where you are heading. I think that this is often what I've experienced when I feel overburdened, is sometimes I'm just trying to grind out uh, all the things, and I lose track of the, the goal, right? So where in your life are you grinding things out where you're losing track of where you're going? And then finally, there are themes of great heroic deeds in this Deccan. But sometimes we can mistake being a hero for being a martyr. So ask yourself, are you a hero or are you a martyr in this case? Uh, and if you are being a martyr to a cause, why? And do you want to continue in that? Um, oftentimes, when we are strong, people will often give us their burdens that they can't carry or that they don't wish to carry and wish to take advantage of us if they see we have certain strength. And this is really important to remember is that just because you can carry someone else's burdens does not mean that you have to. Sometimes the greatest lesson you can learn is returning that burden back to the source because they need to learn to carry their own burden. And this is what I think I've seen a lot with people that have placements in this deck and is oftentimes what their lesson is is not to carry everyone else's burdens. It's to learn to return some of people's burdens to themselves so that they can learn to stand on their own two feet. So this might be part of our journey as well. Um, let's see here. I'm just looking back in the comments. It says Don says, we focus in our family on the gift of being able to spend time with each other. Yeah, Don. I mean, that's really, that is really the gift of togetherness, right? And being able to to share in our experiences. I think that's a good way to look at it. 
Susanna says, during my adulthood, I honestly haven't liked Christmas as much as I would prefer or like to. I prefer January. It's like a pure blank paper after the noise of December. I agree with that, Susanna. Uh, as an introverted person, a 12th house son, um, there's just too much going on during, during uh, Christmas as a child for me. I, of course, as a Taurus moon, enjoyed getting stuff as any kid probably did, but uh, it was a little overwhelming. See, and especially seeing like extended family and stuff and you just have to figure out what everyone's energy is and adjust to it. It's, it's exhausting for, for me in particular. Devin says, I agree, Spencer. Uh, the capitalism pressure of this season is too much. Katie and I only celebrate winter solstice now. And it's just a big meal celebration. No gifts, just bring yourself. I like that, Devin. Uh, Devin says that's such a great image for Capricorn season, Susanna. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I'm I'm. I just I haven't even really been going to the the big family get-togethers anymore. Um, and I, I, you know, you have to figure out what works for you and what doesn't with your family and for the the expectations that are put on you. Um, but yes, I I. I fully support the, the quiet solstice meal at home. <laughs> I've been doing that on holidays now. And fortunately for me, I, have a, I live with an incredible chef who is a great cook. And I, I thank my lucky stars every day for that and for, for her wonderful company. So I know that that's not the case for everyone. And I, I know that it's, sometimes it's really nice to be together with your family and your extended folks and if that's what fills you up and makes you happy, that's what you should do. But for everyone, it's not that's not the case. Like oftentimes our families bring us a lot of stress rather than peace for a lot of us. And I think sometimes just being allowed to to set your own boundaries and limits, I think that's really healthy depending on what your situation is. Uh, Rachel says, I have a south node Neptune connection in this decan and have had to learn not to compulsively carry others' burdens. Amen to that, Rachel. Um, I hope that that's been something that's been working for you because, it, yeah, it's, it's hard sometimes to, to recognize when we are doing that because it's just something we've naturally done for a long time, right? Uh, Rachel, I also have Neptune in this decan in the fifth house. So I, uh, it's exactly trying my natal ascendant. And uh, I would say that the other experience I have of Neptune is just this, this desire to, to transcend or escape, uh, to return to undifferentiation, right? We talked about the one thing and the one mind is related to Neptune, one thing, and Uranus, one mind, potentially. This was something I got from Robert Schmidt talking about the outer planets. And uh, oftentimes for me, I, th through my creativity, through my music, I was, I was sacrificed my body in, in service of the song. I was, I was musing with my, my friend Hannah, who, who's going to join me next week, about you know, having to learn better technique, vocal technique. I, my way of singing back in the day when I was younger was to must literally muscle through everything with with questionable uh, air and diaphragmatic support, and I, there would be times where I'd pull an abdominal muscle trying to to reach 
Olympian heights. Like I have a, I had a, I have a high tenor voice and I would just be trying to hit all the, the high notes, the screaming high notes. And, uh, I would literally pull muscles doing it. So I would sacrifice the body. Like I, sometimes the next day I couldn't even speak. Um, and it, it forced me to learn better technique. Um, and, and really part of the key to singing well is sometimes learning to relax and to learn to open yourself rather than to, to pinch and to squeeze and to muscle through. That actually can prevent you from opening your voice up and having the, the round tones that you need to have when you're opening your voice and supporting with diaphragmatic support, right? You get a richness when you're using that air support. And I think there's a metaphor within that as well that we can learn from. Susie Chang talks about the connection with Sagittarius 3 with the Fool, because some of the, the, the energy of this Deccan is it's fire, right? And to be able to feed fire, we need air. We need to be able to support ourselves with air. We need to support ourselves with our ideas, with our intellect, with, with our flexibility, right? If we're always trying to muscle and push through everything, uh, we can injure ourselves literally and, and, and physically. Okay. Let's see. Devin says, Cat Moon was one of the hardest for me to learn as an astrologer. We often look to the moon as where a person finds comfort, to, the comfort to recharge. Apparently, Cat Moon recharges by making new to do lists. <laughs> right, Devin? Yes. I have a, a number of Cat Moon friends, and I have noticed that they are extraordinarily hard workers. And it, sometimes it is hard for them to, to relax too. So that's a good observation. Dawn says, it's just so hard for us to spend time together anymore with, uh, this is, I'm assuming this is in reference to your family, Dawn, especially now that the kids are all grown and married. I miss our Sunday lunches. And so the holidays are now the makeup time. Yeah. And you know, for, for many people, it, it is a nice experience. So I, by no means, Am I discouraging those of you who have good families to or, or positive experiences with your family to not do that? Um, but like, but it's there are so many different ways to enjoy a holiday and to have family. Um, some people consider their friends their family and have these holidays celebrated with friends if their their relationships with their parents or their extended family isn't as healthy as they would like it to be. So, lots of different ways to connect. Uh, Susanna says, I have Neptune conjunct the MC in the first decan of Sagittarius in the 12th. Ooh. So you got that Neptune Sagittarius energy going there too, Susanna, for sure. Hey, Joshua Habermel is here. Nice to see you, friend. Hey, Spencer, long time no see. Totally my fault. Keep up the great work. Well, nice to see you, friend. Hope you're doing well over in your neck of the woods. I believe, uh, I believe that's Josh, right? Um, also an incredible artist and a wonderful mind. So hope that you're continuing to, to work on your craft. Okay, so those are the, the basics for the new moon. A couple other thoughts that I have. Uh, literally the day after the new moon, on the 13th, Mercury stations retrograde at eight degrees of Capricorn. Um, it will emerge as a morning star. On the 30th, we will have a Mercury Kazemi on the before that on the 22nd at zero degrees of Capricorn so this is going to be part of this lunar cycle is the the mercury retrograde and this is where we are experiencing this kind of juggling of the future and the past um, where we are trying to decide 
what we're going to do next, where we're going to build our next material empire, I guess, or, or goal, or where we are going to uh, plant our, our stability, I guess you could say. Um, this, this Deccan with the Two of Pentacles, it encourages us to take stock. Uh, I often think of like a pros and cons list with this Deccan. So we may be questioning our resources and where we want to build next in our life, and we, we may not have all the information. Um, I think that's the, the, the important thing to understand right now is that we are going to, even if we feel like we know where we're heading right at this moment, probably going to have more things revealed to us as we move forward in our life as well. Okay, so on the 15th, Mercury is going under the beams, which means it becomes invisible. So a lot of that work might be done behind the scenes. And then we're going to be kind of building to a Sun-Neptune square uh, a few days after this lunation. So this could be where some of our identity becomes confused as well. Sun really shines a spotlight and uh, an awareness on who and what we are and what we're pursuing. So there might be a little bit of confusing times before we get clarity moving forward. Good news is that we have some positive trines between Mercury and Jupiter. Uh, our material planning and our resources, really understanding what we have to work with, the, the, the materials that we have to craft with, I think that getting clear about that is really going to help us move forward, especially as Jupiter is going to be stationing direct. Um, I'm just looking over some few, a few more aspects. Venus is going to oppose Uranus during this period of time, so there might be some surprises around the solstice as well. And then we've got that winter solstice on the, the 21st when the sun moves into Capricorn. And then the sun is beginning to be hosted by Saturn instead of Jupiter. Just one more thing to keep in mind as we move through this lunar cycle is Mercury is going to be out of bounds, or is as we're recording this. Mars is going to move out of bounds on the 24th. So this is something else where we're going to start to see the shift towards our, our drive and our will, and maybe even the way that we engage in conflict being a little bit outside the norm, where we're going to have to, to understand how to maintain our, our integrity if we get into conflicts or things of that nature, really look at the Scorpio and Aries areas of your chart to be able to understand what that might manifest, uh, the topics that might be manifest there as well. Uh, Steven says he has new Jupiter, or I'm sorry, Neptune in the Sagittarius in the first house too. So we've got our Neptune Sag generations represented here. Uh, quite bright says hello from Australia, Spencer. Hello, quite bright. Uh, my natal chart has 29 degrees Sag Neptune MC and the south node squaring 29 degrees Pisces Sun and Ascendant. Mars is opposite natal moon at this lunation. So your moon is in Gemini. All right, so let's see. Well, quite bright. I will break down what this could mean for you specifically as we go through the, uh, the signs, uh, which I will do now. So I'm going to, before I do that, I'm going to take a little stretch break here, recollect myself, uh, try not to curse the, uh, the mercurial pathways too bad <laughs> for the technical difficulties. 
If you're wondering why we're not seeing a screen today and the chart, um, if you're joining us late, I updated my operating system on my computer yesterday and um, having a, a technical issue trying to give my computer permission to share the screen once again, which I did not anticipate. But so it goes. Not every, not every uh, live stream is going to be exactly smooth. And like someone else was saying, we just get to spend the time together. And uh, sometimes we got to wing it. All right, friends, do me a huge favor, if you can, stretch out, get a drink of water, get a snack, and then smash that like button. <laughs> and if you're new to the channel, please subscribe. Uh, if you want to make a material donation, you can hit that little dollar sign. That is always very much appreciated. It's called a super sticker, super sticker or a super chat. Uh, we'll get through this one today. Oh boy. I don't know about all of you, but there's just something going around this week that is, uh, I don't know, maybe it's the cloudiness of Neptune Stationing Direct or something. Yeah, Steven says computers have brain farts too, absolutely. I was nervous about doing this, like doing the update, but sometimes you just have to see what happens and live through whatever is going on. Okay, so I'm going to bring up the the charts on my screen so I can see what I'm looking at, So, but I'm sorry that you can't see it. And we'll go through the rising signs together. I wish I could circle them, all of the different things, but so it goes. So Sagittarius rising, we're going to start with the rising sign that is related to where the sun is at. That gives everyone an equal opportunity to be able to have their rising sign first and last um, so that we're not just uh, doing all the Aries risings first and the Pisces risings last every single time. That was a good suggestion when uh, someone suggested that maybe a few months ago. So Aries, I'm sorry, <laughs> excuse me, Sagittarius rising. Oh boy. Sagittarius rising you are experiencing a new moon in the first house. And you have both Mars and the sun and the moon all hanging out there this coming Tuesday. Uh, your ascendant ruler, Jupiter, is in the sixth house, still retrograde, but getting ready to station direct. So this could be something where you're feeling the weight of your responsibilities uh, personally. Maybe it's through a health issue or through your own body or through a challenge with that. You may have some confusion that is coming from your domestic life or your home uh, with Neptune squaring the lunation through the fourth house to the first house. Um, Saturn is also there, which is asking you to, to take responsibility in your either with your family or your or with your home. Mercury is going to retrograde in your second house of resources. So this is something where you might be asking yourself, well, do, do I really have the money to do this? Or where do I want to direct my resources or build my resources moving forward? Keep in mind that Mercury is going to retrograde back into Sagittarius on the 23rd of December as well. 
So there may be some things that we have to tie up from the previous cycle that uh, will necessitate reevaluating the burdens that we carry, okay? And maybe delegating them to somebody else. And we've got a full moon for this cycle on the 26th at four degrees of Cancer, where the moon will be opposite the newly ingressed Capricorn sun. Okay. So Sagittarius rising, hang in there. Jupiter's going to move forward in your sixth house, maybe giving you a new understanding of, of how to take care of yourself, of maybe what the things that may have been holding you back from completing something as well, and will help you to make physical or material plans. Sometimes this could also be like a doctor that you're working with, and it could help you find the right practitioner finally after a long period of time having some, some setbacks with that. Okie doke. All right. So Sag rising. Now we're going to move over to Capricorn rising. Capricorn rising has a new moon in the 12th house. Uh, generally, I see, find new moons in the 12th house as a, a new beginning of a resting phase. Um, this is something where you may be feeling like uh, pulling away from the world on some level. You've probably worked really hard this year and you're getting ready for a new a new set of goals, which are important to Capricorn Risings so about looking forward. My little Capricorn son daughter used to really enjoy making New Year's resolutions. It was one of her favorite things in the world to do. Um, but before we get to that point, sometimes we just have to let ourselves kind of rest and release some of the things of the previous year. There's going to be a square between the new moon and Neptune and your, excuse me, your, from your 12th to your third house. So there may be some confusion around your communications. There could be uh, some, some things that you have to work out with extremes of emotion with extended family members like a sibling or something of that nature as well. You could ha be having to learn some new skills. Third house is also uh, somewhat related to, to reskilling and, and learning new things. And there could be some confusion around that first before you get the the insight that you need at the Mercury Kazemi on the 22nd. So just be patient, hang in there. If the information you need is going to come to you. Uh, your ascendant ruler, Saturn is in the third house, which is, uh, again, related to those everyday routines, siblings, learning processes, knowledge that is based on your own inner knowing versus uh, orthodox like spirituality or religion. So trust your own gut. Um, you don't necessarily have to follow the social expectations around this period of time with Saturn. Moving through Pisces and in the third house, you might have some wisdom that is arising from the depths that you should pay attention to that can help lead you to happiness, hopefully. Okay. Big Steph 63 is here. Says, oh, my oldest daughter is a Capricorn sun. Security is the thing. Yeah. Yep. They, my, my daughter works hard. She has a couple jobs and um, she loves to work. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you got to get them to relax sometimes too. Like this is, that's another sign that takes on not only their own burdens, but the burdens of others for sure. Okay, Aquarius rising. I'm just going to keep rolling through these. 
Um, you'll be experiencing the new moon in your 11th house, which is generally associated with groups, friendships, and associations. Uh, sometimes it's benefactors as well. So there might be something happening with that. Uh, there could be some confusion around you and the group and your own resources with the, the square to Neptune in your second house. Saturn is asking you to get real about your, your budget and your own resources, Aquarius Rising, and the, the stories that you tell yourself about how, how you support yourself and make your own money. Um, you have Mercury about to station retrograde in your 12th house, so there could be some questions about how you rest or whether there is something or someone that's undermining you as well and trying to get some clarity about that, whether it's our own self-defeating thoughts or whether it is literally someone who is uh, sabotaging our efforts. I've, I've talked about this in the past with um, the 12th house having a sort of an undermining enemy influence where that's that secret enemies, right? Where uh, I'm always beneath you, but nothing is beneath me, the underminer from, from the Incredibles, right? Oh, thank you, Susanna, for the super sticker. Appreciate you, my friend. Um, so the good news for Aquarius Rising is that Venus is going to be moving through your 10th house. So this could be where you may be experiencing some good fortune. Uh, even though Venus isn't in her preferred domicile, being in her exile in Scorpio, it still can bring some positive experiences through your, through your public life, potentially. Uh, and then Jupiter is going to station direct in your fourth house and help you to, to understand what you need to move forward to expand your domestic situation. So good luck with that, Aquarius rising, and prepare yourself for, for Pluto to move into your first house shortly. I almost was like, <laughs> I could have said something a little more crass about it. Like, I feel like, I feel like what Pluto is saying, like, Prepare thy anus <laughs> to, for, for my arrival. Like, I hope it's not that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah. What a day we're having. Um, Pisces rising. Pisces rising. You will have a new moon in the 10th house. Uh, this could be a really important time period for you to have a new start with your career, with your job, the way that you present yourself publicly. You may also be given new responsibilities that may be difficult to carry, Pisces rising. And you have Neptune hanging out in your first house right now, so there's a square between... Devin's <laughs> laughing. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just... Uh, I gotta collect myself again here today. Um, so, yeah, Venus and Scorpio. Yeah, this, I mean, that was, that's, Venus and Scorpio is encouraging me to, to have a crude sense of humor today. Uh, big stuff says Venus and Scorpio, to me, um, Lance's a boil. It ain't pretty, but it also brings relief. Yes, indeed. I like that. I like that big stuff. So Pisces rising, you may be given some new responsibilities at your work. Um, and you have to be careful that you're not making too many sacrifices for the, the, the job that's been given to you. Uh, oftentimes, you know, Pisceans, they, they have that similar energy to this last decan of Sagittarius, where sometimes they are willing to push the body beyond its limits for the, the sake of a belief system. 
So you really have to be careful with that Pisces rising, Pisces sun, etc. around this period of time. The good news for you, Pisces rising, is uh, Jupiter is going to be stationing direct in your third house, and that's the ruler of your ascendant. So if you've been feeling like you've just been, you know, stuck for the last few months since September or so, or maybe you've had to learn some new skills, or you've had to change your immediate environment, you may start to feel more comfortable, you may start to feel like you know what you need to move forward now uh, at the end of the month. And that could be a really good thing for you, Pisces Risings, where you're, when we start to feel more comfortable in a situation, that can help balance out our emotions. Um, I would just be careful of going to emotional extremes in service of, of the burdens that are being presented to you in your public life. Uh, Mercury is going to be retrograding through your 11th house, so there may be some reevaluations of the groups that you're a part of, uh, and maybe also of benefactors that you have in your life as well. All right. Um, Stella says, LOL, that Pluto comment reminds me of the newest Jim Brewer comedy special. What, I love Jim Brewer. What is, what is the joke that he says that you have to tell me, Stella? Um, I, I haven't seen that guy doing anything in a long time. I wonder if this is kind of just him coming back from a prolonged absence. I will say, speaking of comedy specials, I know I'm probably late to the party, but I saw Bo Burnham's Inside for the first time this week. And it really had a strong effect on me. Um, not the least of which the irony of like, I kind of, you know, we sort of look alike, like our vibe is alike with uh, our hair is about the same length and we've got the beard and we both stay inside a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I related to his experience there for sure. Um, but I would really highly recommend it. It's, it's intelligent. Um, it's, it's very critical, also self-critical of his own circumstances, but of some of the, he shines a light on some of the, the cultural things that we're going through, the zeitgeist. He really tapped into something. Um, there is, it is kind of a, a lonely experience, but also very funny. And um, it's worth your time. I, I would say it's, I would consider it a masterpiece of, of comedy I, I, or just of whatever. It's just an art piece. So check that out, Bo Burnham's Inside. Um, you know, trigger warning, it, is, it does definitely deal with some themes of someone who is wrestling with their mental health. So if you're, if you're wrestling with your mental health, that might be, you might want to be careful about the container that you, you know, consume that in. Um, but ultimately, I think it's life-affirming. Alish says, speaking as someone who has had Pluto transiting across five personal planets since I was born, you're not wrong <laughs> describing Pluto like that. Uh, yeah, I, I am, I've had Pluto op opposing uh, my sun and Mercury for a long time, uh, and it's getting ready to to oppose my ascendant and move into my seventh house and square my moon. So whatever, <laughs> we'll figure it out. It's got to be somewhere, right? Okay. So let's keep going with our breakdown through the houses. Let's keep going with our public breakdown <laughs> through the houses. Oh. No, I'm not having a breakdown. I'm, I'm feeling all right. 
I just wish I, I sometimes feel a little bit flustered when my when my tools aren't working the way that they normally would. Uh, it makes you have to think on your toes a little bit more and it can be a little bit uh, it can destabilize your delivery. So I apologize for that today, friends. I'm having difficulty sharing my screen. So we're just flying blind. Okay, Aries rising. You will be experiencing the new moon in the ninth house uh, with Mars co-present as well. Uh, we will be experiencing a square to Neptune in the 12th house. So this may be something where Aries rising, you are uh, really you know, having a new, a new experience of something like the, your, your beliefs. I would be careful, Aries rising, about getting too spicy about something that you believe in because our fire sign risings are already fairly spicy and we can get really passionate and intense. So I would say pace yourself would be the, the advice I would give you, Aries risings, especially because Mars is going to be in the ninth house as well. You might be really, really fired up about a new, a new belief system or embracing a new spiritual tradition or something of that nature, but make sure that it, it's not, uh, secretly undermining something else in your life as well with that square to Neptune. Um, you know, the, the good news though is Mars is in a fortunate house. It is in another fire sign and that is the ruler of your ascendant. So you could be feeling like you really want to get moving. Um, and Mars did make that square to Saturn and it's starting to separate. So you might feel the energy starting to move a little bit as well. This lunation for you is going to be hosted by Jupiter in the second house. So there could also be some movement with your financial situation towards the end of the month as Jupiter stations direct at about five degrees of Taurus. Um, the other thing that just with this big picture thinking, Jupiter is going to make an opposition to, to Venus over the course of this lunation as well. So we may have to reconcile the resources that we have with our desires and our hungers. Venus in Scorpio shows us the things that we hunger for that we have difficulty satiating. Jupiter in, in Taurus is saying, okay, well, how are you going to uh, plow the fields of your life, basically, and cultivate the fields of your life to, to create abundance? Sometimes those things can be at odds with one another. We may hunger for things that we're not ready to, to manifest yet, or we may hunger for luxuries that are uh, out of reach. Um, we may feel that we don't deserve some of these things sometimes, which that's a whole other issue to, to work through. So, so, so be gentle with yourselves, especially when it comes to uh, fulfilling desires and whether we, we, we can or cannot get what we need at this point. The other thing I'll say for you, Aries and Aries risings out there, is Mercury is going to be retrograding in your 10th house so that there, there might be uh, a professional issue that needs to be reevaluated um, where you question what you really believe in so that you can finally move forward. Remember, the ninth house is the cadent house before, um, before the, that was on the midheaven or the 10th house before whatever sign is on there. So oftentimes we have to get clear about our beliefs before we can take action, which is what they call the 10th house praxis. Before we can take action out in the world, we have to know what, what we're shooting for, right? What we're trying to achieve. And you may have to revisit, you know, the why 
before you can take action out in the in the world. Okay. Devin says that Mars is going to make it hard for Aries risings to slow down. Watch out for overspending with Jupiter in the second. Yeah, I agree with that, Devin. Um, not the easiest thing for Aries folks to do, I'm sure, is to... And if you tell them to slow down, <laughs> they're probably like, fuck you. <laughs> like, you know, like, fuck you, I'm going to do what I want. Um, you know, probably in, in those exact terms. Uh, but I think even an old ram can learn new tricks, right? And I think that once you've butted your head against the same brick wall over and over and over again, uh, like overspending because of an impetuous desire, um, maybe we are able to learn to, to pace ourselves a little bit or to breathe or count to 10 before we hit buy on whatever, you know, digital store we're in. Okay. And, and I think that that's a, that's important. Um, because Aries rising right now has an opportunity to expand their resources or a coming opportunity to, to really like become more affluent through pop proper planning through patience okay so if you want to be wealthy slow down a little bit i mean that's motivation enough isn't it but that's a good point Devin. big steph says aries rising conjunct jupiter first here you talking to me you bet i am steph <laughs> like just slow down you you you're gonna have the opportunity to really expand what you're doing if you if you make the proper plans in place you know if you if you really assess what your resources are and move forward with an organized plan the, the sky's the limit so um, that's that's good news actually all right we just have to temper a little bit that's this is actually one of the things I would want to show you all as well is the card the, the major arcana card associated with Sagittarius is temperance which is finding the right mixture, finding the right achemical balance and mixture. So sometimes when we, when we, uh, when something doesn't work, we have to make a little adjustments. It doesn't mean that everything about what we did was wrong. It doesn't mean that the experimentation that Aries likes to do is wrong. It just means that we need to learn from the experience. And then when we are faced with a similar experience the next time, we can draw upon that experience to have a more successful outcome and maybe not repeat the same mistakes. Yeah, big stuff says it's okay being flippant. Learned that lesson a while ago. Good, <laughs> good stuff. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. Okay, Taurus rising. Taurus rising is going to be experiencing the new moon in their eighth house. Um, it is going to be squaring Neptune in the 11th house. There will be a Mercury retrograde in your 9th house, moving back into the 8th. And Jupiter will be stationing direct in the 1st house. So Taurus Risings have been having a real interesting time recently. They, they have been had Uranus grinding away in their, through their ascendant, making a lot of changes in their life and their identities. Jupiter was recently, you know, ingressed into uh, Taurus, like expanding their possibilities about who and what they can become. But there may have been some delays uh, from September to this point. Things might start moving forward for you in your life again, which is, is welcome news. 
there could be some awareness about the burdens that you carry uh, related to eighth house matters or monies or resources that you share with other folks or the burdens that you carry after a completion of some sort. You know, like we talk about wills and inheritances with eighth house because oftentimes those are the actions that follow a death or a completion. So that might be something that you're experiencing as well. Um, there could also be some confusion around the resources that you share with someone else in a group that you're a part of, right? That Saturn has been asking you to, to get clear about the groups that you're a part of and that you share uh, a belief system with. There may have been some endings or disappointments around a group recently, uh, but now Saturn is moving forward within that. And the Mars-Saturn square is separating, so there might be some, some movement with that as well. And the good news too is that Jupiter is the host of your Piscean house, the 11th house too. So the group issue might start to become resolved as well. That's the other thing to consider with Jupiter stationing direct is not only is it going to assist us with things in our Sagittarius house, it is more likely going to have an immediate effect on the Piscean house because Jupiter can witness the Piscean house through whole sign sextile aspect whereas it does not have a direct line of communication to the Sagittarian house. doesn't mean that it can't, that it doesn't affect it. I, I have experienced that even if a, a, an, a ruler of a house is in aversion, you know, once it starts to move forward again, you do sometimes see the actions of that house start to move forward as well. But we have a direct line of communication between Jupiter and the Piscean house. So that's good news too. The other thing I will say to you, Taurus Risings, is that, that your ascendant ruler is Venus, and it is in its exile right now in the seventh house. There could be some challenging experiences with a partner, or could be some good experiences with a partner with Venus moving through that house, as long as you're able to temper uh, your desires, or they are able to temper their desires. The advice I have for people with you know, Venus in Mars-ruled signs, or when Venus is moving through Mars-ruled signs, is that part of the reason Our Lady Venus isn't, isn't functioning as well as she might normally is that generally, and this is not always true, but most of the time it is true, Venus functions at her best when she is receptive, when she is allowing good fortune to come to her. Now, when Venus is in a Mars world sign, there is a, a hunger, a desire, a pursuit now we can have a, a philosophical discussion about morning star Venus versus evening star Venus and whether one is more yang or yin. But what I will say is that oftentimes I've seen this in client work too, is people that have like a, a Venus in Aries or a Venus in Scorpio, sometimes they've gotten themselves into some sticky situations because they pursued where it would have been better to hang back. So that might be something to consider too is, you may be really wanting to pursue a partner or something of that nature, Taurus rising, but it might be better to let, let the energy come to you. Okie doke. All right. Okay. Gemini rising. Gemini rising has the new moon in the seventh house. So we oftentimes highlight when we have a lunation in an angular house. So in this case, the, the the mutable signs will have a, an angular lunation, Gemini, Sagittarius, Pisces, 
in Virgo. So you might feel this one a little bit more intensely if you have one of those rising signs. So this is in your seventh house, Gemini rising. So this could be a new, a new start in your relationships or with a partner, romantic, business, or otherwise. Could also be with someone you're having a conflict with openly as well. This was a house of open enemies. Um, you could be carrying heavy burdens in your relationships right now, and it could be through some confusion about what needs to happen in your professional life with the square to Neptune. You, you also have Saturn moving through your 10th house, finally moving direct, but Saturn in the 10th brings a lot of responsibility to your job. Now, Jupiter is going to be stationing direct in your 12th house, so maybe there will be uh, a, a better way to deal with undermining influences, or you may be able to finally get some of the, the rest that you need uh, at the end of the month. Your ascendant ruler, Mercury, is going to be retrograding in the eighth house. So you might have to reevaluate uh, the resources that you share with a partner. You may have some questions that come up with uh, an inheritance or a legacy of some sort. I have a, a Gemini rising friend who's dealing with uh, someone's estate and a lot of documentation that they have to work through to figure out how to move it forward. Um, and it may feel like a lot of work. Like that's the thing too. Like uh, oftentimes we we're taking on responsibilities that aren't necessarily uh, ours to to carry. So return some of those to to sender. Return to sender. Return to sender. Right. Um, Venus is going to be opposing Jupiter from the sixth to the twelfth house. So we may be trying to enact some new routines or work with a new practitioner of some sort as well with Venus moving through the sixth house. Okay, sound good? Sound good. Let's do it. Let's keep going. Let's keep on rolling. Cancer rising. So cancer rising. One moment. Cancer Rising has this new moon. Oof, I got too many windows open. That's what I think I'm going to gift myself for Christmas as a bigger monitor. <laughs> so I can arrange all these windows. Um, so Cancer Rising has a new moon in the sixth house. So this could be a new, a new experience of a new job a new uh, sense of responsibilities, like maybe you've got more responsibilities or burdens that you've taken on in your life. Uh, it could be really taxing what you believe in. There could be something that's coming from a, a, an orthodox spiritual tradition or from the law or the legal system that could be confusing with Neptune squaring from the ninth house. Um, Cancers, cancer and Cancer Risings always experience these full and new moons pretty intensely because it's their ascendant ruler uh, with the, the ascendant and then the ruler of their son if you're a Cancer son. So be careful, Cancer, not to take on uh, too many people's burdens around this period of time. Uh, you have Jupiter getting ready to station direct in your 11th house, so there might be something moving forward with a group that you're a part of. Uh, and Venus is moving through your fifth house, so there might be some desires that you have about pursuit of pleasure or, or something romantic 
and be careful that you don't get yourself in trouble through too actively pursuing that. The cool thing, Cancer Rising, that you have going on right now is that uh, you have three planets in their joy. Um, and I'm thinking of what's coming up in my brain right now is there's this little meme that goes along with this little girl who's talking about wanting to be a marshmallow. She's like, I want to be a marshmallow. And I would float around, just float around with joy. And she's just like spacing out. Like, that's what I'm thinking about with these planets and their joys. But basically what that means is that both Venus, Jupiter, and Mars are all in the houses that they prefer to be in, that they rejoice in. And that's kind of cool. That, that means that, you know, Venus is in a place where she is able to receive good fortune. Jupiter is in a place where it is able to take actions that will bring about honor and merit in the 11th house, Venus in the fifth house. And then Mars is also in a place where it enjoys creating havoc. (laughs) So I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, having Mars and its joy in the sixth. Um, I do think that it can help you to potentially eliminate sources of discontent or things that could pull you away from completing something, whether it's a health issue or a bad habit or work that is not yours to carry or burden to carry. You may feel like delegating around this period of time, and that might help you bring you some joy in your life and and take actions that will bring you honor and merit. You'll have Mercury stationing retrograde in your seventh house, which will necessitate uh, some conversations with your partner or with a partner or an enemy uh, to to be able to figure out where you want to move next. And then you'll have a really powerful Mercury Kazemi in the seventh house as well, a new start with a partner. That's another thing to consider is that every rising sign where I've talked about Mercury, there's a powerful new start that's going to happen at zero degrees of Capricorn. So look at your Capricorn house and really pay attention around December the 22nd, right around the solstice, as to the messages that you're receiving, because it could be really informative to help build the material structures of your life moving forward. All right, let's keep going. Leo. 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 Where my Leo's at? Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, today is a fun day. So Leo rising. Leo rising is experiencing a new moon in the fifth house. Uh, I happen to be a Leo rising, and my Neptune is exactly at 20 degrees of Sagittarius, so I'm I'm having a special new moon conjoining Neptune. So I can feel it. I can feel my creativity stirring. So Leo risings may have a new creative passion beginning. Um, It doesn't necessarily have to be conjunct Neptune to feel that. Uh, But you may be putting a lot of your energy towards self-expression. You might have to be careful that your creativity doesn't consume you. This was something that I experienced was not only would I push my body very to its to its limits when I was singing and playing guitar, like I would play it on my fingers would bleed. Literally, I get so into it on on stage. Um, But sometimes even when I was in the process of creating itself, uh, I would forget to eat and forget to sleep. You know, I would, I would 
look up from the page or the guitar and be like, oh my gosh, hours have passed. I need to take care of this responsibility. So, so be careful that you're not driving yourself too hard in the pursuit of your creative passion, Leo Rising, because Leos can get really fired up about stuff. And um, we need to know how to pace ourselves as well. Uh, and be very careful about you know, the people that you're sharing your energy with because of the square to Neptune and the shared resources that you have with another. Uh, like, I wouldn't suggest to Leo Risings to go spend a crap ton of money on a super expensive new guitar or something like that. Just thinking in my own mind, what would I do right now? Like, maybe go fix up the old one or something. That doesn't mean you can't treat yourself, but you may be having some confusion about the resources that you actually have that are with shared with a partner. I'm, I'm imagining someone going out and be like, I really want to pursue this new creative thing and, and I'm going to go spend a lot of money on this hobby. But then you have the conversation with your significant other like, eh, is that really in the budget type of thing? No, those are the kind of things that you might be, uh, might be talking about potentially. Um, let's see. Leo Rising is going to be experiencing the the good news for Leo Rising is that our, your your ascendant ruler the sun is in a good is a good in a good spot right now. Um, I often notice being a Leo Rising myself that wherever the sun is moving through, I definitely feel a, a different sense of vitality. And when the sun is in a quote unquote good house like the fifth that witnesses the ascendant. Um, and is in a, a trine, a whole sign trine, you, you tend to feel good. You know, you feel good. You feel like excited and passionate about things. Now, we had the challenge of having the square to Saturn earlier in the month and things of that nature. But overall, good time for Leo vitality. Um, keep in mind that once you get to the Capricorn part of the year, there's probably going to be some responsibilities that you have to, to engage with especially with the Mercury Kazemi. So you may have to deal with uh, reevaluating how you, how you work, maybe reevaluating something with a health issue, potentially with Mercury retrograding in the sixth house in Capricorn, but you might get some really good insight about that also. Jupiter is going to station direct in your 10th house. So if, you are, if you've been waiting for your career to move forward, um, this could be a good moment for that, potentially, at the end of the month of December. Um, and then there might be just some nice moments at home with Venus in your in your fourth house, potentially. Uh, I know for me, like the, the Jupiter retrograde cycle, it immediately coincided with football season, right? Like I, uh, I was making a lot of progress publicly with my job and expanding what I was doing and then football season started and everything just my routines just got totally screwed up and football's almost over it'll probably be mostly over by the end of December and I can feel the energy returning of like oh this is my priority now so there might be something like that in your life where a professional endeavor was sort of held in check or you got distracted or something like that and it might the energy might start moving forward again in December okie doke Leo rising sound good Good. Virgo rising. So here is our, I believe, our last mutable sign. And you will be experiencing the new moon 
in the fourth house, Virgo rising. So this could be a new set of responsibilities, a new set of wanting to bring something to completion in regards to your family or to uh, your home. Maybe you're renovating or moving or something of that nature. A lot of energy has been put into the, the what has been hidden away from the world, the, the things that support you, the pillar that supports you at home. Um, you are also going to be having a pretty interesting Mercury retrograde because Mercury is going to station retrograde in your fifth house, uh, maybe causing you to question how you pursue pleasure. Maybe there's an issue with your children that needs to be reviewed, uh, and Mercury is going to move back into your fourth house. Something that you thought might have been resolved when Mercury was moving through there previously needs to be revisited. Now, Jupiter is going to station direct in your ninth house so that you can start moving forward again with uh, either higher education, something involved with the legal system, or a, a higher higher power or belief system or an orthodox spiritual experience as well. You're also dealing with Neptune moving through the, the, the square to the lunation from your seventh house. So there could also be a little bit of confusion with a partner around this period as well. Things are getting real with partnerships with Saturn there as well. So there might be some endings, but there might also be just some reality checks that you have to come to within your relationships. So hang in there. Uh, try not to overthink things. I think the good good habit for Virgo rising to get into during this lunation is to review your process, take stock of your resources, and be flexible with the how, right? Be flexible with how something gets done. Oftentimes, Virgo and Virgo risings tend to be fixated on method, and they often have to reconnect with why they're doing something and that's important for this period of time also all right libra 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 rising libra rising has a new moon in the third house squaring neptune in the sixth jupiter is going to be hanging out in your eighth so this new moon could be related to a new start with a learning process. It could be you're taking a new class or something of that nature that, that taxes you or you feel like it's a heavy burden to, to carry. Um, it could be related to a sibling or extended family members where you're becoming aware of your responsibilities around, around those situations. Uh, it could also be through just your daily habits and your daily routines. Maybe you just have a lot of extra work that you're trying to, to power through uh, in your immediate environment. There will be a retrograde of Mercury through your fourth house. So reviewing your living situation or, or reviewing circumstances with your family. Uh, Jupiter is going to be stationing direct in your eighth house at the end of the month. So there could be something where a shared resource with a partner is finally starting to become clear about how you can uh, expand your abundance or what plans that you excuse me, want to make with a partner. Your ascendant ruler, Venus, is in a tough spot right now. It's, it is in its exile in the second house. So whenever we have the ascendant ruler in aversion to the ascendant, it can feel a little bit like we're you know, paddling our canoe through the dark, through the darkness or into the abyss. So there may be some confusion around what you want right now, 
Uh, there could be some desires that you have that are difficult to get satiated. Uh, that that's an, a signification of Venus in Scorpio. Um, so so be careful of glamorizing the things that you want in your life because you might not be seeing as clearly as you were when Venus was in the first house. So make sure that you practice caution with that. And um, yeah. I think that's what we've got for you, Libra, today. You've got the south node going through your first house and the north node in your seventh, too. Um, there's just a lot of probably, a lot of changes happening for you with how you relate to people and how you view yourself within those relationships and the roles that you're playing. There, there may just be a reduction of, I don't know, playing nice and, and more of a desire to to initiate rather than always adjusting to someone else's energy. And that's okay. That's that's really what we're trying to balance between the two nodes right now. And um, that might be something to, to really consider is how can you get your needs met, especially within relationships, rather than always acquiescing to what everyone else wants or needs. Tracy says, that's me, Libra rising. All right. <laughs> David says, go buy yourself a little treat, Libra rising. Yeah. Go get a little treat, you know? Treat treat yourself. Yeah. If you haven't seen the Parks and Recs ep episode with Aziz Ansara and, and a, with uh, Tom and Donna Meagle doing Treat Yourself, uh, you should go check it out. That's for you, Libra Rising. <laughs> but be careful because it's a little bit insane where they just kind of buy themselves. They go to the mall and they just buy themselves whatever comes across their mind and brain and it's it's funny and adorable but also like oof, yikes um but they do bring their i can only assume virgo type you know friend ben wyatt along with them who never treats himself and he finally like goes and buys himself like a like a batman costume that makes him very ha happy enough that he starts weeping because he finally treated himself and he's so happy so yeah, maybe you do deserve a little treat, Libra Rising. Just uh, just be careful that that you uh, you know, stay within your budget. Okay, and finally, 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 it has happened to me. We're at Scorpio Rising, and we will address you. Okay, Scorpio Rising, we are experiencing a new moon in your second house. So this could be a new start for you financially, Scorpio rising. Uh, you do have Venus hanging out in your first house, glamorizing all things Scorpio right now. Um, there is a square to your fifth house from Neptune to this lunation. So be careful. Another This is another person that should probably be careful about their spending around this time of year is that you may really, you know, be have some uh there may not be a ton of clarity between what you're spending your money on and what you desire with the fifth house neptune and saturn is asking you to really you know so so be sober about what you're pursuing but venus in the first could be asking encouraging you to pursue something that you want uh so just just be careful with that um jupiter is going to station direct in your seventh house um in the end of the month. So if you've been having a relationship challenge or like you've been waiting for your partner to get, I don't know, your partner's like job to come through or something like that so you can make material plans, 
things might start moving forward at the end of the year. Mercury is going to retrograde, excuse me, in your third house. So there may be some uh, revisiting of your daily habits and your routines and the short journeys that you take to, to move through your daily habits and your daily life. You could also be re-engaging with some of the, the rituals that you, um, that, you, that you do within your, your spiritual practices that are for you, not just something that you do publicly like in a church or something, but just your own spiritual practices and ritual knowing that helps you tap into your own intuition. You could be reviewing those practices because the third house is associated with um, almost like the, the energy of, of the heretic, but also uh, ritual practices that are sort of private right our, our private spirituality and i don't mean heretic in a bad way i mean heretic and basically was someone who challenged the orthodox and said my wisdom arises from within not from an external source so that could be something that you're going through as well all right what do you think how are we doing i think that's all the rising signs we got through it you had to look at my large my large face for two hours <laughs> instead of a little tiny corner and the chart i was having for those of you who are joining me late i was having some tough technical difficulties after updating my computer uh, where i wasn't able to share my screen but i will figure that out and fix it for the next time but that being said let's do an I Ching and let's do an animal and we'll wrap this thing up wrap it up Devin says, I bought myself a text by Abu Mashar as a little treat to myself. Ooh, cool. Nice. The Tracys. We've got Tracys. All the Tracys are Libra Risings, huh? Um, Devin says, the nodes going through my Libra Rising is asking me to make space for myself in alone spaces. Ooh, I like that, Devin. Yeah. Make space for yourself. Treat yourself to alone time. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I have... The Great Introduction, The Science of Judgments of the Stars by Abu Mashara Ben Dyke's translation. That's, that's a good one. I like that one. Is that the one you got? Um, I highly recommend it. Okay. So the hexagram that I got for all of you, interestingly enough, was number 12, it, which translates to standstill. Okay, this it's you know this really speaks to both the retrograde station of Mercury that's going to happen shortly after this lunation, um, and also the stationing of Jupiter that is going to be moving direct towards the end of this lunation cycle. So twelve translates to stagnation, blockage, misfortune, disharmony, hindrance, and uh, it says. Stand still. Inferior people do not further. The perseverance of the superior person, the great depart, the petty arrive. So we have some warnings here. And I think it's tied in with our ethics. Remember I spoke about trying to do something by any means necessary. And we want to be careful of that. So we have three changing lines here. Uh, so the sixth, the, the line in the second place is changing. It says, they bear and endure. Good fortune for the petty. The great person accepts the standstill to achieve success. So this one talks about people, petty people rising through backstabbing and flattery. <laughs> like, um, 
sometimes the world doesn't match with our ideals. And that could also be a challenge with the squared Neptune is we, we have an expectation about how things are in the world and how people should be. And sometimes they disappoint us. And oftentimes we ascribe um, a certain character to somebody and then through their actions, they show us to be somebody else. And when that happens, I think it's important not to return their integrity laps in kind, right? I think sometimes for, for me, it's like, how can we stay dignified even if, if we've had our own integrity lapse, how do we return to the path? If we are experiencing an integrity lapse by someone else, we, we don't necessarily have to stoop to their level, right? So this is encouraging us to not get drawn into something that may not be uh, good for us or may not, or maybe outside of our integrity. Now, we, we could see this because maybe Mercury's out of bounds could be causing us to have communications that could be a little bit toxic potentially. Mars is going to move out of bounds, which would, might make us fight dirty. We don't want that either. So be very careful of that, that Mars moving out of bounds at, on the 24th. The changing line at the fourth place says, He who follows the will of heaven is without blame. His comrades share in the blessing. So we're going we're gonna to see a story. We, we look at the lines and we read the lines from the bottom up. So maybe we've felt some oppression from people in our life that disappointed us or like gave us burdens to carry. But as we move forward, we're going to start seeing things improve. So this talks about the law of change operating in this particular area. Um, that, that, that time of stagnation and standstill is starting to come to an end, which seems to make a lot of sense to me as Jupiter begins to move forward. Okay, So this is something where uh, you will have to act in accordance. It talks about acting in accordance with the will of heaven or with the will of the Tao. So being able to come into alignment with the currents in your life can really help you through this period of time. It encourages you to put aside selfishness and work with others to bring about uh, peace and harmony. And then finally, we have a changing line at the fifth place. It says, the standstill is giving way. Good fortune for the great person. It might be lost. It might be lost. So he ties it to a bushy, flourishing mulberry tree. So this one says that the bad times are ending and the good times are coming, but they won't come by themselves. So it encourages you to play your part, uh, to be able to do what is necessary to bring about the positive change that you want. Sometimes we have to carry a heavy load to get to the other side and to be able to, to, to bring about the dream that we have. Okay. It says that the good fortune will come for the great person. It says you'll, you'll receive good fortune now if you rise to a challenge, if you dig deep for energy, uh, if you act within your, from the place of your deepest, your deepest heart and soul and from a place of integrity, okay? Uh, that can help eliminate long-standing stagnation, standstill. Maybe it's been personally in your life. Maybe it's an external situation. Um, the mulberry tree part of it uh, is that, you know, mulberry trees are very resilient. If you cut it down, new shoots fly up everywhere. So sometimes we will have things removed from us in our life. And 
through our resiliency, we can, we can grow these new stems, shoots, etc. So oftentimes we will lament the loss of something, but ultimately that can turn out for the best, right? I, I was going through this this past week. I, my car, my little baby car, little baby car, little baby, um, my little hermit crab shell, maybe I've outgrown it, was, was finally towed away after it had been totaled in an accident. And it was very sad, but maybe it's liberating me towards something else, towards something different. Uh, I think for me, I, I'm, I don't feel like rushing out to replace it. And uh, maybe I just need to save up and live into the answer, which I think is important as we practice our patience with Mercury Station Retrograde and, and Jupiter asking us to go slow as well. So if you have a situation like that in your life, you don't have to rush out to, to, to solve it right away. Sometimes the answer will come to you. And I think that the mulberry is also very flexible as well. Okay, so that is our I Ching. The animal that I got for you today, I like this one. I like this one. The animal I got for you today was the butterfly. So this is, I think that this lunation is going to coincide with a rebirth of the sun. The sun is going to be switching course and the days are going to start to increase again. We're, we're at the very end of the solar year. We're just tired. We're just exhausted. And we will be reborn. We'll be reborn with that Mercury Kazemi. We'll be reborn at the winter solstice. It may not solve everything right away. We're, of course, going to be in uh, consecutive Saturn seasons. So one day at a time, slow, steady growth. Okay, But there may be something in our life that's starting to transform. And we, I think that the other message of the butterflies, and a good one for folks that have prominent Sagittarius three placements. This is a really heavy Deccan. It's, it's a Saturnian Deccan. Sometimes we need to learn to lighten, lighten up, lighten the load, have some fun. I have found that the the fun-loving archetype or cliche for Sagittarians, the, the clowns, can be true for the third decan, but oftentimes not as much. Sometimes they t take life pretty seriously. So th this might be uh, a message to us to, to get in touch with our innocence, our youthfulness, our, our imagination, our creativity. Okay? And that can help us to transform and, and to lighten, lighten our spirit and lighten our being and to metamorphosize. Yes, good, good call. This changing line, these three changing lines are bringing us to the hexagram number four, which is called youthful inexperience. It translates to innocence, but also ignorance and immaturity, youthful folly, wisdom that's not yet revealed, the young shoot like the mulberry, right? Beginner's luck. So I, I look at number four as we have to live into the answers. I think that sometimes it can speak to moving too quickly and experiencing a challenge because we just don't know what we're getting into. But it also helps us to understand the beginner mind. And beginner mind is important for us to understand that in every new beginning, we don't have all the information that we need. We are probably going to receive more information through experience. That's okay. It doesn't mean we're failing. It doesn't mean that we aren't good enough or smart enough. It just means that sometimes we're faced with situations where we've just never done that before and we have to live into the answer. 
So that's what I like about hexagram number four, living into the answer, allowing yourself to have that beginner mind to be open to new possibilities. The other thing I'll say with that is that when you're faced with new situations, oftentimes you have to learn new methods. If you try to face a new situation with an old method or an old belief system, that can be where you lead yourself into trouble. Uh, so not only do we embrace the new circumstance, but maybe we embrace a completely new way of dealing with an old issue or a new issue. So that is what I have for you today, my friends. Thank you so much for bearing with me today. Sorry for some of the technical difficulties earlier. It was still super fun hanging out with you, seeing all your comments. I'm just going to look through the chat one more time here and see what else, if there's anything else I need to address. Okay, we've got some good comments. Quite Bright says, love your journeys through the rising signs as you provide so much context. Thank you, Spencer. Oh, thank you, Quite Bright. Thank you, everyone else who is uh, making compliments today. Um, Steph says, I'm anticipating Neptune and Aries. Feelings are valid, but feelings don't override facts. Yes, that's a good one, too. That's a good way to, to embrace that also. I agree. All right, my friends. Well, that is what I have for you today. Again, do me a huge favor. If you could like the video, that would help us uh, expand our reach in the algorithmic waters of YouTube. Um, if you are new here and you aren't subscribed, please subscribe and turn on that notification bell and sign up for my email list so you know that when we, when we go live again. If you have the means and you want to make a donation to the work that I'm doing or make a gift to the channel, there is a little dollar sign. You can do a super chat or a super sticker. Or if you're listening to this after the fact, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. Um, next week, mark your calendars because my good friend Hannah Kuhari is going to be here and we're going to be talking about the life and music of Miss Annie Lennox. Uh, it's going to be a new kind of feature on the channel, I'm hoping, if it goes well, where we are going to discuss uh, maybe some prominent public figures, artists, musicians, maybe athletes, anything where, we're, where we are really excited and love something and, and really get to see people's enthusiasm, but also see it in the context of, of natal charts and how people's lives have played out. So be sure to join me for that live here on YouTube next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. So that's what I've got for you today. And um, we'll see you the next time, my friends. Oh, thanks for the super chat there, Don. Appreciate you. And thanks for all these comments here. Uh, yeah, and thanks, Ani. Ani is saying, well done. In, done in an hour. Well, two hours. <laughs> but, uh, but glad I could, says, glad I could drop in. Love the deck and web bars. Thank you, friend. All right. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yes, I'm glad some of you were able to take advantage of that Thanksgiving sale. Um, I had a big Thanksgiving uh, sale um, recently. And uh, yeah, I just love making those webinars and hoping that you're finding value in it. And I just hope that all of you have a good new moon and that you have a good holiday season. Uh, we'll see you here next again next week. Hopefully I'll have all the technical issues worked out. But just, just pace yourself and don't be afraid to ask for help if you need it, right? I think that's one thing that is really important is that with Sagittarius Jupiter energy, oftentimes we're expected to know something rather than to ask questions. And you don't always have to carry the burden, even the burden of knowledge, right? It's okay to ask questions and it's okay to ask for help. All right, that's what I've got for you, friends. Let's, uh, let's go have a great weekend and I will see you all the next time. Be kind to one another. Be kind to yourself. Peace.